Welcome to Two Travel Dads Podcast. Here we share our favorite destinations, travel tips, stories from our adventures, and bring on awesome guests to share insights into their travelsome lives. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check out our detailed show notes at twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes. Hey, this is Two Travel Dads Podcast, and I'm Rob. I'm Chris. And today we are going to talk all about the Kona Coast of the Big Island of Hawaii. Is that good? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> um, so before we dig into it, just to be really clear, uh, the Big Island is actually called Hawaii. Like its name is Hawaii Island. Did you know that before we went? I think I knew it at some point in time, but I always have to go back and take a look and see which island is which. And knowing it's Hawaii always confuses me. Yeah, so we are going to be talking about the Big Island, aka Hawaii Island. And if you're looking at a map of Hawaii, uh, the Big Island is the one that is furthest east. It's of course the biggest. It is. I was going to ask if it was the actual biggest. Oh island. yeah, it's the biggest by far, and it's the one that has um, active volcanoes. So in the last year, both Mauna Loa and Kilauea have been active. Um, You'll find if you head over to Maui, that's where Haleakala is. Haleakala is not on the big island with the rest of the volcanoes, but also Haleakala National Park. It doesn't have an active volcano. So that's just something handy to know if you're thinking about the different islands. Yeah, I think we should just kind of jump in and talk about all the cool things that we discovered on the big island of Hawaii, specifically the Kona Coast. Before we jump in, I'm just curious, because you can you can pronounce a lot of the locations like oh, really yeah. well. Is there some like cheat sheet or guide to understanding how to pronounce a lot of the different places <laughs> in Hawaii? Because I feel like it's quite difficult. Yeah, so the Hawaiian alphabet does not have 26 letters. You'll notice that it's missing things like T and S, things like that. When you're seeing a Hawaiian word and wanting to say it out loud, you say every single sound. So for example, one of the places that we'll probably talk about today is um, Punalu'u, and that has two U's in a row. So unlike vacuum that has two U's in a row, Punalu'u, you actually say both of the U's. So when you do that with any sort of Hawaiian word, another one that we're going to talk about, I'm sure, is Pu'uhonua Ahunaunau National Historic Park, <laughs> which I practiced saying that so many times that now I can say it without looking at it. But Well done. Yeah, I mean, it's got all these extra letters that you probably aren't used to saying. So yeah, good call. Yes, practice saying something in your brain before you say it out loud, and that will help you both with your reading and to make sure that you are respectfully saying things correctly. So yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that. Cool. Do you want to start by talking about nature, culture, coffee? What do you want to talk about? For me, I, I love coffee. So we can start by talking about coffee. Okay. And you know, I just That's took- I start my day. I just took another trip to the big island without Chris and oh. I did a whole bunch more coffee stuff than what we did on our last visit. So I might- brought me back some really good coffee. Yeah. So yeah, we'll talk about where that came from too, because it was hilarious. So he's talking about a coffee that I bought at a place where I got attacked by a pig. <laughs> okay. So anyways, so Kona coffee, what is it that makes Kona coffee so special? Do you know? I have- to think that it has something to do with the volcanoes and the ash and the, the dirt. Yeah, so just like with wine, they talk about terroir, which is the, the characteristics that are given to a flavor because of where it is grown, so the climate and the soil. So Kona coffee 
has its own special terroir. And even though coffee is actually grown all across the state of Hawaii on different islands, only Kona coffee is found in the Kona coffee belt which is gonna be the western side of the big island of Hawaii. Did you know that? No. Okay, well there you go. Learn something new every day. Yeah, I, so actually last week, we went to the Kona Coffee Living History Farm, which is in Captain Cook, and it was amazing to actually talk with them about Kona Coffee culture and how it started. It was actually started by um, Japanese people who had come to the islands and started farming coffee. Yeah. So when we went to the Living History, to, Living History Farm, we met a lady who, she, gosh, she was probably, I'd say in her 60s or 70s, and she grew up on a coffee farm just down the road from where the current museum is. And it was fascinating listening to her talk about farm life in Hawaii and coffee and just kind of how it's changed. So yeah, if you are on the big island, that's something that is worth carving some time out for. We didn't do that when we were there together, but... No, we just went to a couple different coffee farms. I'm trying to remember the name of them. So when we were kind of in that that southwestern portion, the one that you really liked was, um, Ka, uh, was it Ka'u Coffee Farm? Ka'u. Coffee Mill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ka'u Coffee Mill. That is kind of by um, the Punalu'u Black Sand Beach. That was a really cool one. And I think it also helped that it was a really beautiful day that we were there. <laughs> oh, it was gorgeous, yeah. Uh, so, you know, the coffee trees were just glowing with coffee cherries. Um, so that was a fun one. What was the other one that we, that we did together? Oh, Mountain Thunder. That Mount, was the yeah, other one. Yeah, Mountain Thunder, because I confuse it with Thunder Mountain. So Mountain Thunder uh, Coffee Plantation, that is actually just right there in Kailua Kona. You just have to drive up the hill. What was it? Gosh, I feel like we covered 2,500 feet of elevation. Oh yeah, it went up quite a bit. In like 10 minutes. It was kind of crazy. All of a sudden, it was beautiful down in Kailua Kona, and as we drive up into coffee country, the clouds yeah, it came in. It was raining. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was drippy, rainy. Yeah, that's one of the things that makes Kona coffee special is that a lot of it is grown up in the cloud forest area of the island. But I liked it there because they actually do uh, coffee tours, like a, a farm tour and stuff there. So they'll, they'll walk you through their roasting area, talk about the, the coffee beans, cherries, it's kind of talk about the whole process. Talk about sorting in, the difference between the pea berry coffee and the regular coffee that they roast. And that was, oh gosh, yeah, that was something actually really cool about that specific location there at um, Mountain Thunder was that everything there is done in-house. So you can... And it's also a free tour, which is great because as you start to you know go around the Kona Coast and around the Big Island, there's lots of coffee tours you can take on different coffee farms and plantations. But a lot of them charge you, which is great. You know you can support support a small business. But um, Mountain Thunder is free, and it of all of the different tours that I've done now, it was one of the most educational that I've done. Yeah, it made me feel like back when I was working at Starbucks. I was just going to say, since we both worked at Starbucks, we had all this great coffee education that we never actually got to see live in person. So touring coffee farms on the Kona Coast, perfect for that. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I was just there, we went to a couple other places. One of the spots that I thought was gorgeous was Hawaiian Heaven. (laughs) Or no, Heavenly Hawaiian, that's what it was. And it's there in the Captain Cook part of the island as well. And you have to drive way up the hill off the off the highway. And they are one of the ones where you can actually book a tour and then get to see the whole coffee process. 
but the view from there, it overlooks the coast and it was gorgeous. They have a coffee bar, a coffee education bar, all kinds of stuff. So that's another fun one. And if you look at the show notes, um, I'll have a couple others listed there that you can check out too when you're planning. Anything else to talk about with Kona Coffee? Where was the place where you got, you brought back that delicious chocolate that had oh, crushed yeah. coffee beans and toffee yeah. and sea salt. Well, so that was a delicious treat. <laughs> so one of the things about the Big Island is that there's farms of all sorts, including cacao farms. So there is this place there in the southwest corner by the Green Sand Beach, which is called Papakolea, the Green Sand Beach there. And Buzz is what's it's called. It's Buzz Farm. And they raise bees. They grow cacao. They grow coffee. And with that, they're making all their own farm fresh products. And I brought back both some incredible whole bean pea berry coffee. It's delicious. I've yeah. been having a pour over like every morning. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. But then also um, made from their chocolate and then chocolate they source from around the island. They make chocolate bars with crushed up coffee beans and sea salt and caramel bits and the most delicious thing. And that's why you should make sure to stop at every single farm side stand that you see <laughs> or roadside farm stand. Um, yeah, so that was it for talking about Kona Coffee, I think. I've got so many more things to say, but we've got a lot to talk about in like 25 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from there, that's Kona Coffee culture. How about we talk about Hawaiian culture? It sounds great. I love getting to see really interesting and different historic sites. You know, we live in St. Augustine where we're surrounded by history, but it's not the same sort of history as you find it's quite different (laughs) it's quite different also uh has a lot of colonization happening which is really interesting to read about at some of the different sites that you'll come to on the big island but um it's really different so i think the coolest site of all on the big island is there again in the captain cook area that's one of the best parts of the kona coast why is it called captain cook can we talk about that because you it doesn't sound (sighs) hawaiian It's not, because Captain Cook was an explorer, and he was the one who brought colonization to the Hawaiian Islands. And then there's multiple stories about his death, and that he was either killed by the Hawaiians, or he was already dying, and then they brought him ashore. There's all kinds of different legends about how that happened, and since I'm not super smart on it, I'm not going to get into it, because I heard three different stories when we were just there. And um, they were all very different. But no, so Captain Cook is kind of a legend in the area, both for good and bad reasons. But there is a part of the island called Captain Cook, and that is where you will find Pu'uhonua Ohunaunau National Historic Park. What do you find there? (laughs) I want to hear you say it first, though. Pu'uhonua Park. Okay, never mind. So at Pu'uhonua Ohunaunau National Historical Park, the big attraction there, there's there's of course some some traditional structures, but the big attraction is all of the traditional ki'i carvings. So what you hear called tiki carvings, I don't know if you ever noticed, but in Hawaiian words, there aren't any T's. That's not a Hawaiian word. That's a different Polynesian word. So in Hawaii, they're called ki'i. There's all these different carvings out at the Heiau, which is the place of refuge. It's the kind of temple grounds. And you can see, gosh, what were there? I wanna say there's like 15 really large carvings. And there, there's also several that are placed all around the National Struggle Park. And it's just amazing. So of all the, what you expect to see in Hawaii, for Hawaiian culture, this kind of embodies all that. It's got the lava rock structures, it's got the canoe structures, the carvings, all that. Yeah, there's also beautiful tide pools and stuff there too where you can see a lot of tropical fish. You can't go close to it, but you can observe it kind of from a distance. Well, you can cool. actually, you can walk all through the tide pools, you just can't swim. 
So the tide pools, since that's up on dry land, you can walk around that. They're full of urchins. There's actually, at the end of the tide pools there at the National Historical Park, is this whole area that is basically an oceanfront waterfall. So when the tide You guys must have went a little oh, bit yeah. further than when we were there. Because I think when we were there, we were like out by the structures and there was this cool little like tide pool lagoonish area but it was all blocked off yeah for so like no human we were there at mid tide and it was pretty incredible because as the waves flow in and out you actually get like this five foot miniature niagara falls that pours off the tide pools mm. it's yeah it's pretty awesome so that's its own nifty little attraction at this park i think what i, I really while the park itself was was gorgeous and and beautiful and it was great to go and see all the um the keys is that how you say it mm -hmm. is yeah. that right yeah but i also remember the drive just down there and seeing all of the beautiful flowers and stuff all along the oh side yeah of that's the right road. that whole road it is lined with gorgeous yeah the yellow pink white I mean, it was just gorgeous yeah a couple other really awesome spots to stop that aren't quite as interesting because they don't have all the carvings but they're actually really neat to visit lapakahi state historical park it's up the kona coast Gosh, as, as far north as you can drive almost. <laughs> and then there's another national historic site up there called Pu'u Kohala. He, uh, ah, I can't say it. Pu'u Kohala, Pu'u Kohala, Hei'i'au, Hei'i'au. Yeah, because you, you say every single sound. Okay. Pu'u Kohala, Hei'i'au, National Historical Site. And that was a really interesting one to walk around because it's just this enormous temple built from lava rocks and then there's a cove that you can swim in all that stuff um, that sounds amazing we oh did, we didn't great. go there you and kelly went there yeah, yeah yeah me and kelly went there i think it's um one of the best stops up on the northern part of the kona coast so very different sort of history that you get there too because that's where you can really learn a lot about specifically there was an english guy who settled and then he became a part of the hawaiian nation and was given land and all the stuff. So there's all this other side of history that you can learn up on the northern part of the coast. All right, so next to all the other cultural sites up on the northern shore, or the, the northern side of the Kona Coast, that's where you come to Hapuna State Recreation Area, which was gorgeous. That was, I think that was the first place on our trip that we got in the water. Yeah, I think it was. And uh, just, they had really amazing snorkeling. I think, you know, tons of wildlife, like tons of tropical fish. We saw um, plenty of huma huma nuka nuka apuas. Lots of those. I think, <laughs> you know, it was a little windy on our day. So, you know, it was slightly cloudy, but if, when it's really calm, it's crystal clear, beautiful water. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's kind of the, the theme of all those coves up there on the Kona coast is that if it's windy, you're going to get a little bit more turbid water. But if it's not windy, even with the waves coming in, the water is just crystal clear because the lava makes it so that there's not all this sand suspended in the water. And gosh, it just makes for awesome snorkeling. Great snor But even the beaches themselves, like, so if you want to take a break from the snorkeling, the yeah. beaches are so beautiful with tons of fallen trees or palm trees, places where you can lounge and relax, have a great picnic, then get back in the water once it gets all calm again. And each of the beaches is really different. So it's... There aren't a lot of beaches like what you might picture. It's not a whole bunch of sand. Like for example, at Hapuna, there is some lava, there's some coral, there are some sandy bits, there's some driftwood bits. But then if you go down just a bit, um, Kiholo Bay, <laughs> that's the one that we did that had that really 
crazy road to get down to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And thankfully, we had that big truck, right? Yeah. Um, it's definitely not for the faint of car, where you've got to just drive down this rutted out, gullied out, nasty road. But then when you get there and get down towards the beach, the beach is a combination of tumbled lava rocks and huge chunks of tumbled coral. So it's actually like a, like a polka dot beach. I thought it was amazing. Great snorkeling there too. Uh, I thought it was a lot more clear there just because it had less sand, it was more lava, right? So you didn't have yeah. as much, you know. Yeah, what what the beach itself is made up of really helps to determine the sort of snorkeling experience you're gonna have as far as clarity goes. What's another one that was really great? You know, you didn't go with us, but when Kelly and I were just there, we went to the green sand beach. Um, oh, I wanted to go there. It, it was amazing. So. Papakolea Green Sand Beach. It's something that you either have to hike to or there's locals that hang out up at the top of the trail and they'll drive you to the beach, which is about two and a half miles in the back of a big four by four truck where most of them have kind of put some guardrails and stuff in there for you to hang on to. But the drive to the beach is absolutely insane. You're driving through like four foot deep, five foot deep truck ruts that cut through the hills. And yeah, there's moments where you're driving maybe like two miles an hour going vertically. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. But then you get there and then it's this, this huge cove with beautiful cliffs, unlike anywhere else that you've seen. It's all sandstone instead of being lava. And then when you get down to the sand, it sparkles and it's green because it's um, olivine. So it's all these little tiny shards of olivine crystals that make it green. And because there's- How did there's, that get there? I don't know. I don't have that information, hmm. but it's amazing. And because it, they're such heavy crystals and it's such chunky sand, when you're in the water, the water itself is super duper clear. Even when waves are crashing, it's clear water that's crashing. It's amazing. But you can also hike it if you want two and a half miles in, two and a half miles back. On our drive-in, we actually saw humpback whales breaching off in the distance, which we didn't get to stop and take pictures of because we had to get to the beach, but That was yeah. so cool. Ah, it was amazing. One other beach that I wanted to make sure we called out was, um, I mentioned at the very start, Punalu'u, the black sand beach. I remember that. Yeah. That sand gets hot. Oh my gosh. It, it, and it's really funny because the sand itself does get super duper hot. So you're walking on it and it feels like you're walking on hot lava. And then when a wave goes over your feet, it instantly cools it to a ridiculously cold temperature. It's it's bizarre phenomena, but it's so beautiful. And that's also, there was so many sea turtles there. So many sea turtles and uh, uh, you, you, know, you gotta keep your distance from them, but it's just amazing to sit, relax, listen to the crashing waves and just watch the watch the Honu relax and move around. And and they try and get into the tide pools or they try and climb up on the beach. It's, it's Sometimes you wanna so help cool. them, but you can't, you can't touch them. But sometimes you'll see them get stuck uh, up on top of one of the, uh, yeah. the rocks. Just, they relax, they hang out, they're patient, they wait for a wave to crash on them and move them forward to the next spot. Yeah, and you'll see, you'll see the Honu all over the big island. So we saw more on the big island than we saw on Oahu or Kauai. They're just, they seem like they're everywhere. So if you do see one on the beach, the rule is 20 feet. And if you don't know how far away 20 feet is, if you close one eye and you hold up your hand and you stick up your thumb, if you turn your thumb to the side and it covers the entire body of the turtle, that means you're far enough away. If you can't cover with one eye, um, if you can't cover the turtle with just your thumb, you're way too close. So. That's a good tip. I know, it's on the National Park Service site. Um, one final thing to talk about with the Kona Coast is I think the most incredible experience that you could possibly have. And that is um, nighttime snorkeling with manta rays. That's amazing. It is incredible. It's 
yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but just watching those huge creatures just swim up and do barrel rolls and, you know, gently swim by you like super close to your body and face. Did you um, think it was scary? Not at all. No. Did you think it would be scary? Uh, <laughs> no, because I know that they don't have teeth and I... I, I'd be scared to, to do that with sharks, 100%. But manta rays don't have teeth. There's never been any issue of like manta rays attacking humans. Um, How would so they even do that? I, I don't know, <laughs> right? So no, I, I, I wasn't scared at all. I was more concerned about like how cold is that water going to be? Yeah. So so when you do it, you go out at sunset and the ride itself out to where you go, it's just beautiful. So we went out from Kailua Kona and we were on a catamaran with um, Kona style was the operator we went with. And you know, I actually did it again with the same crew and it was even better than the first time. But you ride for about half an hour, 45 minutes uh, down the coast. And then where you put in, what they do is they put in these floating these light little rafts. Boards. Yeah, light boards. That's what, that's what they're they called. call them, light boards. And they've got these super duper expensive lights on that shine down into the water and that pulls all the plankton in. Like all the plankton are like, oh, look at all this. Well, look at all this light. I love it. Because that... It's one of the things that they... That's the food source for the yeah. mantis. Yeah, so manta rays then come because they know all the plankton. They they can sense all this that's going on. The manta rays come and they start to feed and they never stop moving because their mouths are just kind of permanently open, right? So as they swim, all the water pulls across their, one of the gill rakers, I guess, and that's how they get all the plankton. So you don't have to do anything you just kind of float there and they come by you and it's absolutely incredible. You cannot touch them. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think I remember you were kind of concerned about how eco-friendly is this? And it's really nothing than putting in a, a light board in the water and floating Yeah. and watching the, the manta rays feed. There's nothing else that, that we're doing, humans are doing to the mantas. Yeah, so, them feed. I mean, if, if this was 50 years ago when all of this first started, I think that the sentiment would be a little different. So it started by the hotel that's right there at you know the manta ray city area. Um, it started with the hotel shining lights on the water and then they realized, oh, look at this, all the manta rays are coming in. And then it turned into a tourism thing. So over 50 years of doing this, the mantas have learned that this is where they can go for super duper easy feeding at night. So there's that element with that's not good. But as far as interaction and damage or harming the mantas, luckily you don't touch them, they don't touch you, and they just come by, have a great meal, and take off. And this last time that I was there, it was something about it was just perfect. Um, we had any at any given moment, there were three to five manta rays swimming all around us. And I got several pictures with multiple manta rays in them below us. And it was just, it was just out of this world. It was You'll amazing. have to share that brand of like underwater phone case that you oh, use. Yeah. Because if you don't have like a really expensive GoPro, Bob's camera takes amazing video and pictures. Yeah. Uh, his, his camera phone under, and I mean, underwater. And the GoPro case. does great too, because the lighting is so great because those lights are so bright. You can see all the way to the sea floor, which is amazing. But I just use my, um, my Pixel, <laughs> my Pixel phone in a phone case, which, yeah, I'll put a link to that in, in the show notes. The clarity of the images and the video I got was absolutely remarkable. So anything else you want to talk about about the Kona Coast before we record another episode about the Hilo side? I think maybe we'll have to come back later and talk about all the food because the food in Hawaii, I think, is absolutely amazing and delicious. Okay. Yeah, we can do that, but not today. No. But if we don't record an episode about that, make sure you get a malasada. 
Those are the best things ever. They're amazing. The passion fruit one, the lilikoi malasada from the Punalu'u bake shop that's kind of by the black sand beach and the green sand beach. Wow, best food ever. Absolutely delicious. Anyways though, that is it for right now. We will have all kinds of information available for you on the blog or in the show notes. And then stay tuned or tune back in because we've got more all about the Big Island of Hawaii coming your way. Two Travel Dads podcast is created by Rob and Chris Taylor in St. Augustine, Florida. We'd love to answer your questions here on the podcast, providing both our experience and stories to share our own insights into whatever you're wondering about. Visit twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes to leave your questions and to check out past episodes and show notes. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and have an awesome day.